Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, reflecting into the richness of our faith, in particular, the gospel for Sunday and the themes and the subject matter that allows us to engage all of the wonderful teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this Friday, I am most excited to have uh, Deacon Ray Helgeson on with me. He serves as deacon to St. Thomas Amore Parish up in Paradise. He is a uh, retired uh, university instructor, university dean. He's currently a uh, consultant for Avila Institute. So he is a man of a lot of experience on the religious education front, and it is great to, to have you with me here uh, tonight, Deacon Ray. Uh, thank you, Joe. It's great to be with you. So, Deacon Ray, the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time has us in uh, the Kingdom of Heaven parables. Last week, we uh, had the opportunity to really engage and reflect upon uh, just not the parable of the sower, but but what is a parable? So we will really continue our reflection out from last week with some th- uh, similar thoughts, but also I think the Holy Spirit will give us new insights into our life in Christ as it relates to the parable of the weeds and wheat. So if you can get us going with that uh, gospel reading, that would be great. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and the fruit bore, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in the field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at the harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the air come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowd in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet, I will open my mouth in parables, I will announce what has laid hidden from the foundation of the world. Then dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, 
He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed, the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears ought to hear the Gospel of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Deacon Ray. So, if you were with us last week, um, you probably noticed a similar format. And it's most striking, you know, Deacon Ray, here we have a parable given and a kind of commercial break or interlude or interruption into an explanation of the parable. We can see and begin to pick up um, a similar structure in the, in the tenor and rhythm of these two passages. And I wanted to focus in on a little bit as it relates to uh, what comes in between the parable and the explanation of the parable and why our Lord offers us uh, the purpose of parables last week and this week why he speaks in parables, you know, which points to uh, what is hidden, the mystery, uh, the Greek mysterion, inexhaustible reality. Uh, now what's interesting is when you get in uh, behind that word, the, the prefix mio speaks to more of this initiation into a religious experience. You know, so the church fathers would talk about the mystery as an initiation into a personal encounter uh, with the Father. And so with the emphasis on mystery, then we can, I think, better understand uh, why a parable. Uh, because to some degree, while, while parables speak with uh, beautiful images and il illustrations, they at the same time provoke us to go deeper, deeper into the mystery of the life of the Trinity, and certainly this is what he has for us last week and also this week. You know, Deacon Ray, when we talk about mystery, I think today, in a contemporary sense, we think of a maybe a logical puzzle or a, a suspenseful whodunit, you know, where we do a, a clever gathering and analyzing of clues, and we can figure things out, but this is not what it's about. It's, it is about being initiated into a personal encounter with Christ that provokes, essentially, draws us deeper into the life of Christ. It has us going deeper. There was, uh, I was with a group last night, and, <laughs> you know, we were talking about the nature of parables, and this young man, he was probably 13, he says, yeah, um, I like parables, just not because of the images, but it makes me think more critically. And is that not true? You know, we think we've solved it, we think we understand it, but then at the same time, God has us going deeper, has us thinking more critically, uh, and it's, it's, it's a coming to an understanding of what God is saying, Dick and Ray, in the end, uh, by being little, by being humble. Uh, one thing that, uh, as you're saying that, Joe, about uh, going more into the mystery, uh, I've been praying with this gospel, as I often do during the week, and kind of as an overview, uh, you said about uh, these two uh, parables in the center that are put there, and then the explanation at the bottom. And as I was reading where it says, uh, the, dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. 
And it goes on to say, his disciples approached him. And this reminded me of what prayer is. Mm. When the Lord says, when you pray, go into your room. And it's like we hear the parables of Christ. We hear what he's saying. But it really struck me that we then need to go into this room of prayer, in a sense. And it says his, his disciples approached him and asked for an explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in living our Christian life, we hear so much of the beauty of the gospel, uh, but it, it just struck me, unless we take that time for a meditative prayer or a quiet prayer, it can often remain not just words, because we there, know they're words of Christ, but we won't enter into the mystery that you're talking about without seeking it from him personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and isn't it fitting that the word prayer in the Latin precari literally means to ask. So this Mm -hmm. is what it's about. And it's that desire, you know, show us, Lord, help Mm -hmm. us understand the meaning Mm -hmm. of this, this desire Mm -hmm. that comes out from um, that personal encounter. And so certainly for as much as we talk about mystery, a more general understanding of mystery uh, could be applied here, Deacon Ray, because at first glance, and this is how parables work, yeah, it makes sense, but then you start asking new questions, huh? I mean, what is this business of the weeds and the wheat growing together? I was kind of feeling the servants a little bit, right? I mean, you know, let's, let's pull these, you know? I went into uh, a commentary, and it talked about how, you know, the Greek for uh, the weed is zizania or lolium. It is a weed that initially appears like wheat, And that struck me. Uh, And then, of course, I I think our Lord's message is clear a little bit as it relates to not pulling the roots. Uh, For any of us who have a green thumb out there, you know that um, anytime roots are intertwined, if the roots are not mature, you can certainly pull up two of the same thing at the same time. Certainly on on one level, Deacon Ray, the messages do not be premature. (laughs) You know, certainly in the judgment. Uh, Yeah. The servants thought they were the weeds, but do we know? You know, there's that great proverb, you know, proverb 3, 5, that says, uh, do not rely on what you think you know, but trust in the wisdom of God. Isn't that interesting? I've always loved that proverb because there is a tendency in our human nature, mea culpa, to rely on what we think we know, make a judgment that we simply cannot make. I think really our Lord is speaking here to even how we look at um, how we are to judge or not to judge. Um, we cannot make a judgment on something subjective. And by that, I mean something that is hidden, internal, unseen. We can only make a judgment upon what is external, revealed, seen. Applying this to the parable of the weeds. And we, we might be thinking we are looking at a weed, and we're actually looking at wheat. We might be thinking we're looking at wheat, and we're actually looking at the weed. The idea here is you might be thinking that this is the worst thing, but God wants it there for a reason. You might be thinking that this is a good, the best thing, and yet, in fact, it might not. And for that matter, um, it is necessary that they grow together, ultimately, because only then you will know a a tree by its fruit or what it's not. Yes, uh, Joe, when I was first uh, looking at this, a gospel reading earlier in the week, and I was letting it, uh, as I often try to do, kind of marinate in my heart. What struck me 
that isn't explicit, uh, but it's implied in here, is God's mercy and his goodness, his graciousness, his kindness towards us. Uh, That really came out of this gospel reading. And then as I allowed it to kind of settle with me further during the week, uh, kind of what you're bringing up, the distinction between the wheat and the weeds, I think, uh, I know this is the case myself, and it's all... Uh, often the case when we come to really see the beauty of Christ's message, when we come to see the beauty of his truth and we come to embrace it, we look around at others around us and think, why aren't they getting it? Why don't they see the same thing I'm seeing? And I think that's a little bit of what's implied here. And that's like you said earlier, it's a natural human reaction to say, what's wrong? Why don't you get it? Why don't you see it? But then I think, and it goes back to really allowing ourselves to be drawn more into the mystery so that we can see through the uh, more through the eyes of Christ than through our own human eyes. Because our human eyes, what was it when the sons of thunder were passing by yeah, Samaria? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they saw the disbelief, and what did they say to the Lord? Lord, call fire down yeah, upon them. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of that human response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and of course, the Lord, you know, he wasn't going to go there mm-hmm. because his response is something that's mysterious and he wants us to be drawn into seeing it in a way that he does, but it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen automatically. And I think this is one thing that this parable is helping us to see. Lord, help me to see in the way that you see. Mm-hmm. Help me not to judge like it says in the epistle to James. Mm-hmm. You know, don't judge your brothers and sisters. But it's a human response. We, it's not like we want to judge. Mm-hmm. It just pops up inside of us. Yeah. And being able to spend time with the Lord in his life-giving word and allowing him to transform my heart and my mind enables me to see things that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about identity in this too, Deacon Ray. Certainly there's an emphasis on the evil one here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the devil, the, the, the diabolos in the Greek, which is fascinating to me because that actually means to scatter through and through. So here is our Lord, right, planting seeds, and here is the diabolos, you know, scattering seeds <laughs> among the field. So... There's, there's an emphasis on, on the evil one. Now, what is his function? Okay, we know that he's the father of lies as, you know, God is, is the father of truth. But what does he do? Satan knows us by our name, but he calls us by our sin. Jesus knows our sin, but he calls us by our name. And so the question of identity, it's I am a son of God. I am Ray. I am Joe. I am... Uh, this person who God has called me to be, and to enter into that identity, and to enter into that that sonship that uh, our Lord has called us into. I think that's part of what's going on here. Certainly, what's unique to this parable is this sonship language, right? Son of the Father, son of the adversary. Mm -hmm. And so it's to enter into our identity as sons of God that we might be better disposed than to to see as God sees, and as you were talking about it, Deacon Ray, I mean, a scene that is a natural outgrowth of a life of prayer. And what did he show us? 
you know, we talk about truth. What is the great truth but uh, poverty and poverty on the cross? You know, the, the tension of paradox that lies at the center of the cross. Evil surrounds him and he claims his greatest victory. This is one of the salient points that comes to us from the cross, Deacon Ray. When the adversary thinks he's won, when the adversary thinks it is his moment to seize, if we are rooted in that emptying of self where, where we allow God's richness into our hearts, we can claim our greatest victory. Uh, so we enter into that first beatitude that really is, is the hinge that everything else is linked to. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the anawim of God. Blessed are those that are little. Interestingly, the Hebrew word anawim literally translates on bended knee or bend over. And so if we are going to acquire, Deacon Ray, this disposition that sees as God sees, that does not rush to make that judgment, we are going to be like Our Lady, who is par excellence, anawim, right? Um, and rooted in that littleness that allows us to see as God sees and, and live as God calls us to live. Yes, and I, I don't think, Joe, we can do that unless we kind of return to that uh, area of our prayer with him so that we can go to him like the disciples, it says in this gospel, they go to him, they approach him and say, explain to us, mm -hmm. help us to see this. Mm -hmm. And then when we go out, of course, we ask him to help us to see so that we can really be effective in being his instrument in some way. Uh, when you were talking about being able to be open uh, in a certain sense, I heard you saying God's love for us. Uh, very briefly, uh, I visited with my eldest daughter who was uh, recently diagnosed with cancer. And I went, being a father and being a deacon, and I went to bring her some solace and, you know, maybe some comfort. And uh, she lives about four hours from us, so I drove over and spent a few days. The first day I was there, we spent about three hours together talking. Uh, she has a very strong faith, and she was telling me, she said, Dad, I know that God loves me. I know Jesus loves me. And she went on, to, and I could see the authenticity there. Mm. And I said, tell me more, Kim. Her name is Kim. I go, well, I know that, he, she said, in the past I've been a little concerned about being seen, especially with my husband who is not a believer, or with others being seen as a follower of Christ. But now because I've opened myself more to his love for me, I want to please him, and I want to allow his love to continue to purify me. She said, in the past, I would, I would love him because I was doing good for him, but I'm loving him now because I know he loves me. And mm -hmm. she would say, right? Mm -hmm. Not like a question, mm -hmm. but like a little bit of confidence that I know he loves me, mm -hmm. and his love will continue to purify me no matter what happens with his cancer. Mm. I know he loves me, and that love will purify me. Amen. Yeah, those, those things around us, those people around us, or those things that happen to us, mm. allow us to go deeper in our faith, allow us to be asking new questions. Mm -hmm. And as uh, Benedict XVI likes to say, new questions lead to new beginnings. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, this is what lies at the heart of just collectively this parable, you know, mm -hmm. Deacon Ray. Like, 
Why is there evil around us? Why is there all these things? Because it has us going deeper. Yes. <sighs> Following on that, I, one little line in the first part of the gospel says, it says, and an enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat. Mm-hmm. In other words, close proximity. Mm-hmm. So this is part of God allowing these things to happen. Going back to that early theme you brought up about the mystery, that he sows weeds. And sometimes we say, Lord, why do you do that? Mm. And so we go to him and ask him, help me to be effective. Help me to be your follower. Help me to please you, even when I don't understand what's going on around me. Mm -hmm. Help me to be open to your love and to allow your love to transform me. Even when I so-called see what I think to be weeds, Mm -hmm. and they may not really be weeds, but just ways for me to grow deeper like you're bringing out now. Yeah, you know, our Lord in the gospel, he's asked what? I know he's asked over 300 questions. And all but three times, he answers the question with a question. And he does that because... He's a rabbi, right? And ultimately, he's Rabboni. He's a great rabbi. But he does so that we might take ownership of what we are saying. Mm-hmm. And so our journey of faith, Deacon Ray, is one where we are asking our Lord questions. Uh, but he's doing what, what you were doing. You know, what did you do with your daughter? You asked her a question <laughs> and you let her speak. And so our Lord becomes like a mirror mm-hmm. where we look uh, into him and we see ourselves. And then in, in doing so, we, we are asking new questions based upon our Lord, well, you tell me about it, you know? And we're asking these questions, okay. Because there's a challenge in that tension. There's this, you know, what challenge, provocatio, to call forth, to call out. We are called out. We are called forth to become a better version of Deacon Ray or Joe, because ultimately this is what it's about. And so those things that might appear as the worst thing that ever happened to us is actually God's gift to us. And this may seem to be like, well, what are, you, what are you doing? But it's what provokes the question, which in turn allows for that critical thinking we were talking about earlier. You know, I, I always love that, that truth. I was mentioning the cross, that, that tension of paradox that lies at the heart of the cross. When we say, and, and I get this a lot, Dick I'm sure you get it too. You know, Joe, I, what I'm going through right now is just excruciating. When you think about what you're saying in that word, ex cruces, from the cross, it might be so difficult to understand, especially when you're in it and you're going through it, yet this is something that is actually being given to us that we might become less, right, and rely more upon God. Again, that's the, you know, the blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, the Greek word for spirit is panuma, right? Lung, breath. The idea there is we long for God the same way our lungs long for air. That's what lies at the heart of it. And if we are in that space, in that zone of communication, as Benedict XVI would call it, then we are in that place of prayer, that place of uh, listen response that uh, God is asking of us. And ultimately, this is what is going to lead to that scene that we've already talked about. Many times uh, when you bring up that aspect about being able to speak to someone and have them reflect back, which often happens in prayer, but also happens in our lives if we have someone close to us like a spouse or a spiritual partner or a mm-hmm. spiritual director where we, because sometimes, sometimes I don't recognize when I'm going through something very difficult yeah. and I may be just pouting about it. 
and someone, <laughs> my wife or someone else, will say, "Are you just pouting?" Or, <laughs> and and they'll remind me that sometimes the Lord does this not because He's like a Greek God mm-hmm. who likes to play with us, but because He's purifying me, and it takes that gentle reminder that this difficulty or this suffering. If I remain patient, if I remain faithful through this time of suffering, that the Lord will always be there, not only at the end, but he's there during the walk, even during that time of suffering when I'm not aware of it. Mm. I like that, you know, uh, our wives, those close to us being the Christ in our lives, mm. which are that reflection. You use the word gentle, mm. something that, that comes to us from the gospel. Mm. I propose to you, you know, our Lord proposes this, this gentle proposition, not this forceful imposition, right? It's this soft persuasion, not this compelling by force. Uh, this is how he operates, not the push, but the invitation. That This is the nature of the parable itself, yes. right? Yeah, because that push, as you know, comes from Revelation 12, where it talks about the accuser yes. is continually backing us against the wall, mm-hmm. to kind of paraphrase that, rather than, like you're saying, the Lord invites us in a gentle way. And that really is the beauty of the, this parable and all of his mm-hmm. parables. It just, it's that soft, look again. Mm-hmm. Look at, and, and by doing it through these images and these illustrations, he's evangelizing our, our imagination. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, I mean, with the image we are drawn into this discussion with the nature of truth as it comes from the mouth of truth. Uh, so important, I think, Deacon Ray, as from one week to the next, especially during this ordinary time, uh, we are being made to reflect upon these parables and apply them to our lives. I mean, if we could distill uh, this program, we can say that it is, it is about the encounter. How is what our Lord is saying to you right now drawing you into a more personal relationship with Him? And how is He calling you to uh, be a better version of yourself? And uh, how is He calling you to love with greater charity? Uh, What really hits me coming through this is His gentleness that we've talked about, His kindness, His invitation that comes out at the beginning of the parable. And then at the end of the parable, he's been calling me more to prayer. And I do pray daily, you know, 35, 40, 50 minutes, but he's been calling me more to a quiet, meditative prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, and I'm being drawn to that, and sometimes I respond well, and other times I don't. But he's reminding me, like the beginning of this parable, this reading says, to be gentle with myself as he's gentle. Not to think that I've failed and I've fallen off the bus or whatever when, I, when I'm not able to pursue the spiritual goal I have, but, but to be gentle and to know he's there continually drawing me. Who was it? Uh, yeah, St. John Vianney says, um, I look at him and he looks back at me. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's just that, mm-hmm. that language of courtship there that I think is beautiful. So for all of that, um, we're out of time. Thank you so much for the gift of your time, Deacon Ray. Um, It is much appreciated, and uh, so let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen, and God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.